0: Good morning, or afternoon, or something close to that. Let me go find Shole. There she is. For those of you who may not know, the reason I try to find Shole is so that I don't talk too far ahead of her. So she's doing all that translating for us. Holy Spirit, I thank you for today. And I thank you that you're going to take this little stuff I got here and God help make it meaningful for people. Do something to help each person in their walk with you to get a little further along. So thank you, God. Amen. Today, I want to talk again about getting Rhema during difficult life situations. And you might remember the one thing I had from the last time I shared in difficult situations breakthrough comes when we see, receive rhema from God in difficult situations breakthrough comes when we receive rhema from God I'm going to look at a few principles for getting rhema through a Bible story So we're going to look at a few months of the life of Elijah. Elijah was an impactful, powerful prophet of God during a time when Israel had drifted away from worshiping God and was worshiping Baal instead. Now, Elijah did some amazing things. And if you haven't read about Elijah ever or in a while, it's a good read. You can read about his life in 1 Kings 17 to 19, part of chapter 21, and 2 Kings 1 and 2. Elijah is one of my favorite people from the Old Testament. The stories are amazing. But that's not the only reason I like Elijah. I like him because he's a real person. He has emotions. He didn't always say or do the right things in the normal way. He was very passionate about God and for God. He was, for me, a real person, a relatable person. Now, leading up to the part where we're going to talk about, Elijah experienced some incredible miracles. Some of the most, um, I guess, astounding kind of miracles that are recorded in the Bible. But then, in the same part of the story, he was so afraid, he ran from the danger into the desert and asked God to let him die. I don't know about you, but that's about as big a swing as I can think of. Now, I've personally never been to either of those extremes. I've never asked God to let me die. Neither have I ever called down fire from heaven and consumed all of God's enemies. So I'm a little bit more in the middle. But I can relate to not doing or saying everything right, and yet God shows up anyway. I can relate to doing and saying exactly the right things in exactly the right way and then have Satan come along and just attack and beat me up. Kind of like what Elijah did. So I could really relate to and enjoy Elijah's life. So in your Bibles, go to 1 Kings 19 and we're going to look at a, an account of Elijah when he needed to get a rhema from God. First Kings 19. Most people are looking up now, so it looks like we're all there, or most of us are. First two verses. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. And the one of them is that he had killed all of Jezebel's prophets and all of Ahab's prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth. And so she was pretty upset. Remember, this is a guy who called down fire from heaven and broke a three-year drought. And then he, then he gets this word in the first two verses. Now, like Elijah, I'm going to get attacked too. I might be like Elijah who just had a great victory or I might be in a place of low emotional and physical energy, but we're, we're not immune from it because we don't do the things that Elijah did. We can still need Ramah to get out of a hole or to get out from under an attack. Verses three and four. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough Lord. He said, anybody relate to that prayer? Okay. I can, I've had enough Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Now, why was Elijah vulnerable now? He'd just done magnificent, significant things for God. Well, what's interesting is the Bible doesn't tell us what happened and why he suddenly became vulnerable to this fear, to the point where he wanted to die. Why was I vulnerable a few weeks ago? I don't know that either. Like Elijah Like probably most of you, when we get attacked, when I get attacked, when I can't see how to move forward, when I have no physical or emotional energy, when I struggle to live with the awareness of the goodness of God, here's some principles that have helped me get Rhema when I needed breakthrough, which we're going to see in the life of Elijah. Maybe they can help you too. Verses 5 to 7, same chapter. Then Elijah lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat the journey is too much for you. One principle that might help you with breakthrough is take care of my physical and emotional needs. With God's help, good counsel, and making wise choices. After Elijah kind of went into this hole where he wanted to die, the first encounter he had with God was to sleep and eat and regain strength. When I realized my situation was not a typical low period, but actually a crisis, I followed some wise counsel that was given to me to take some time off. I knew in my spirit, rest is what I needed, even though my head said, I can push through. And I know none of you guys do that, but sometimes I do. Often the most difficult struggle for me to get Rhema, or for most people to get Rhema, leading to a breakthrough is to become quiet in my spirit and my mind. Psalm 131 2 says this I have calmed and quieted myself. It's important for all of us to remember God will not make us calm down. I get to choose. You get to choose. He won't make it happen. God will not override my thoughts or take control of my brain. I get to choose what I want to think about, whether it's agitation or what's not working right or how poor I feel. I get to choose. Now, a big part of calming and quieting myself is Praying in tongues, my heavenly Holy Spirit language. I do that every day. I can't tell you the last day I missed not praying in tongues. But the three days I was contending to try to calm and quiet myself, I may have prayed more in tongues than in any other block of time in my life. Over the past two weeks, I've continued to have significant stretches of time where, I, where when I get anxious and agitated, I pray in my Holy Spirit language. It's often the main activity <clears throat> when I'm in crisis to be able to come to a place of calm and quiet. Maybe that will help you get there too. We need that because without being calm and quiet, it's going to be really hard to hear God. Another principle that might help you with breakthrough is to intentionally refocus on God away from the issue. Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. (laughs) Now that phrase, be still, carries with it way more than just stop doing things. It means be still let go stop striving relax when god says be still he's taking a taking us through a process not just stop doing things he's saying let go of your stuff elijah let go of the stuff just Have a bite to eat, go back to sleep. You need to get yourself together. Stop trying too hard. Now, again, maybe you all don't contend with that, but trying to get quiet is a really contradiction in action. I'm trying so hard, God, to let go and be quiet. That rarely works. Stop trying and just wait for God. And it also carries the idea of relax. It's really hard to hear God when you're uptight, when you're tense, when you're going, God, I've got to hear something now. You've got to speak to me. And that really makes it hard to hear God's voice. We usually hear echoes of our own Issues, our own desires, it's really a challenge. To get to the place of readiness for breakthrough, I need to know God, to know by experience who God is, what his character is, what he means to me, how much he loves me. I was listening to some smooth jazz, just trying to be still because, you know, when you're desperate, you do a lot of things you maybe wouldn't do when you were really together. Well, I was just listening to some smooth jazz, trying to get still, to let go, to stop striving and relax. The secular jazz channel that plays smooth jazz almost never has vocals, only music. So I'm sitting there just listening, and the next psalm came on, and, and it was smooth. It was soothing. And I'm going, okay, this feels pretty good. And about a third of the way through the song, a woman started singing. They never do that on that channel. It was just a simple blessing. And this song on the Secular Jazz channel said this, May God bless you. In all you do. May the light of His love come shining through. May God bless you and your children too. May the love in your heart be in all that you do. That was it. And it went right into my soul. It was, and it still is for me right now. A little bit like that baked loaf of bread and the water the angel delivered to Elijah. It nourishes me. It's just a little blessing. But it was something God chose to use to help me and help me now, not chose in the past, but still do it. To get quiet. To let go. To quit striving. And to know that he's God. It gets me focused. It helps me then do the other things a little bit better. Whether it's talking to God about what I need to let go of or or the things he wants to say to me or reassure me. If you haven't memorized it yet, Psalm 4610 might be a helpful one you want to maybe put in the, the queue to memorize. Well, let's carry on. Verse 8, so Elijah got up and ate and drank, and strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Now another principle that might help you with breakthrough is to recall significant places, people, and time where we connected with God. One of the hard things to do when we're confronted with a conflict, internal, or dealing with stuff at work, or with kids, or whatever, is to try to actually get a focus of God being there. And so if we can recall significant places and times in the past when we connected with God, it can help us. Now Mount Horeb was the place where God met with Moses and the nation of Israel way back uh, years before. It is where God entered into covenant with his chosen people. I remember vividly when I was 22 and had kind of taken a break from church because the church was so negative about God and sin conscious and hell conscious. And I remember exactly where I was and what was going on when I said to God, okay, I think you're real. I'd been reading through the gospels over and over for an entire year. And I said, okay, God, I think you're real. I don't know how to do this walk with you. I don't know how to do a relationship with you, but I think you're real. And I can feel the emotion right now as I describe that time of God coming and saying, I'm here with you. If you can get times and places where you had God encounters, when you connected with him, You know, this isn't in the notes. I remember a time at at one of the renewal meetings, and um, I was talking with my pastor, and all of a sudden, I felt complete lack of God's presence. It's like he just totally left the building. I don't think he left the building, but he left me. And I was going, oh, my God what's wrong i started crying and everything my pastor said what's wrong And i go i i don't god's not here he's he's not with me and he and bless his heart he wasn't the most pastoral pastor but he got it then and he just put his arms around me and hugged me and after about i don't it seemed like about 300 years it was probably about 15 seconds but it seemed like for forever and God's spirit came back. And I, and I said, oh, God, what was that? And he said, I wanted you to know and r- help you remember what it's like to the people you're sharing G- about Jesus with. They don't have what you live with all the time. And I can remember right now sitting here what it felt like to have that rush of God's presence come back to my spirit. If you can remember times when you really encountered God, when you're in the middle of trying to get connected with him, to get your focus off of the issue and back onto to God, for me, that helps a lot. Once I have started to address my physical and emotional needs, I ask Holy Spirit to remind me of specific times or places or people where I connected with God. And those memories impact my thinking. It gets me off of the focus of the thing and back onto, wow, I remember what it's like to connect with God. These memories impact my emotions as I feel how I felt during that experience. I remember the first time I had an angel show up in my bedroom and it was a horror. It was a dark and stormy night to quote Snoopy in the beginning of all of his novels. And it was raining and it was lightning and it was thunder. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like going, I'm a new, a pretty new Christian living in my own home by myself. And, and it was, it was loud. It was a trailer and it's raining and you could hear it. And, and it was just a mess. And in the middle of all of that, this bird starts slamming against the window right over top of my bed. And I'm going, you know, like seven or eight times, and I'm going, God, why doesn't that bird either die or go away? When you're trying to connect with God, and you can't, you say kind of stupid things sometimes. And I said, I'm afraid, and I don't know how to deal with this kind of fear. And I remember feeling something there and I go, oh, I think this is okay. And I turned around and that was the first time I ever saw an angel. And I was like, oh, well, if you're here, I can just go to sleep. And I did. I can remember the feeling of security right now and experience that as I tell you, I don't know, 35 years later or whenever that happened, I can still feel that. So a principle that will help you is to recall significant places and times when we connect with God, and it will help you refocus. It will help to shift your um, your uh, mental state, your emotional state. And sometimes you got to work to get there. I mean, I don't just like go, oh, okay, give me, a, give me a good thought, God, and boom, it's there. Because remember, Satan doesn't want us to get that, but it's part of getting to the place where you get rhema. Those memories impact my spirit because I'm reminded of how much God wants to connect with me and he will remind you how much he wants to connect with you too. I have a drawer in my nightstand that only has notes and cards and emails and letters from people who encountered God with my help. But I also have an envelope in that drawer that has reminders of my own encounters with God. They help me remember God's covenant, God's commitment, and God's love for me. They remind me that God values me and loves me, and that positions me in a better place to be able to hear God. Let's continue. Verse 9 of 1 Kings 19. Then Elijah went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. When you're looking for Ramah, the coolest thing in the entire universe is when the Lord of the, the word of the Lord comes to you, when you've been hunting for a while. Anyway, so the word of the Lord came to him and asked him a question. What are you doing here, Elijah. He replied, Elijah replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand by the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Another principle for breakthrough that might help you is when God asks you a question, it's an invitation to revelation. God God already knows the answer to the question. He's asking to open up the possibility for us to get more revelation when he asked a question. So he asks Elijah, what are you doing? That was an invitation for Elijah to step into a new revelation of what's going on in his life at that time. His focus was, I'm the only one left and they're trying to kill me. God says, what are you doing here, Elijah what's really going on now it's interesting elijah didn't answer god's question when elijah communi- what elijah communicated was how he felt elijah didn't say what he wanted to do he was talking about how he felt he said i am the only one left elijah felt lonely now they're trying to kill me too elijah is saying I'm getting attacked and I can't stand against this attack on my own. It's not about Elijah's ability. Elijah had been doing powerful demonstrations, bringing and breaking a drought, supernatural provision for years, raising the dead, calling fire down from heaven. I mean, that's major big time God stuff. And then God comes and does all these power demonstrations of storms and winds and earthquakes. But Elijah got a revelation that God was not going to connect with him in the usual ways that he'd experienced before. This time, it was personal. This time, it was intimate, just for Elijah. It wasn't about Elijah changing the belief system of the nation, or wiping out all the the, the horrible, uh, evil, you know, prophets who, you, you know, recommended doing all those things. He said, this is about you, man. You're here in the mountains. He said, I'm the only one left. I'm lonely. Now they're trying to kill me. God, I don't know how to stand up to this attack. For me... This is God demonstrating a reminder that during crisis times when breakthrough is required. I can't do what I've done before by just quoting favorite verses. That's not going to bring breakthrough. Just listening to my favorite worship songs, good as those songs are, are not going to bring breakthrough. Doing my usual warfare things and commanding and declaring things won't bring breakthrough when I'm in a crisis and looking for rhema to that specific word of God applied to that specific situation. God's word may and probably will come to me differently than usual. It may be a different application of something I already knew or a verse I already knew. It may signal a change in ministry or life focus But when God asks me a question, when God asks you a question, it is an invitation to revelation about him or about you or about both. What are you doing now, God? I'm here. What are you doing? Verse 13. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Let's recap. What did we just go through? What are you doing here? We had all this different stuff. And then uh, that happened. And you recognized, Elijah, that I wasn't in all of that dramatic activity. I was in the quiet, the little breeze. Another principle that may help you with Rhema is Rhema often indicates change. At first reading, it seems like nothing happened. Pardon me. But what I think happened is that God was showing Elijah something had changed. The way God communicated with Elijah in the past was different than how he was communicating now. Before, God did powerful things through Elijah that demonstrated that Jehovah was the only true God. But now, Elijah was getting a message of intimacy and authority. Intimacy meant that Elijah would experience God personally, not that he would have these empower encounters that would impact the nations. He was going to have a more personal connection. Authority meant that Elijah would now be starting to delegate power to others, which would increase Elijah's impact even beyond his lifetime. If you go and read further, one of the things that Elijah delegated was to uh, anoint Elisha the prophet, to, take, to basically take over when he left. Elisha did more miracles than, than um, Elijah did. One of the indicators that Rhema will often bring is change. When Satan opposes you or attacks you, when Satan opposes me or attacks me vigorously, he knows promotion and expansion are coming. That's why Satan fights so hard to break the communication, to keep us from getting Rhema. Because if you or I get Rhema, if I understand the changes that God is desiring to bring, Satan knows he will suffer more defeats. He's got to get us before we make the shift that maybe we'll give up, maybe we'll pull back, maybe we won't continue to engage with God. Because he knows if we get it, it's going to impact what Satan's trying to do in the world, not just in you or I, but in everybody around us. If we get that rhema that moves us to change, we may not even do as much. Elijah didn't do as much, but he anointed kings and he anointed the next generation of prophetic ministry and prophets. When we get rhema change, we will receive a greater measure of impact and the kingdom of God will increase. It's good stuff. It's hard to get there, but it's good stuff. And it's worth fighting for. Verse 14. Elijah replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Do you think maybe Elijah said that prayer about 47 times before right now? He said exactly the same thing as he did before when God asked the first time. Or maybe it's just a coincidence. Not so much. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shap. I don't know. You can pick your best way to do that. I should probably have Hanny come on and tell me how to pronounce that. But anyway, anoint Elisha to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the, war, the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I, have, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. Another principle that might help you with breakthrough is God gives direction after the relationship is stable and secure. The biggest error I can make when trying to get Rhema is to expect God to tell me what to do before my relationship with God is reestablished and secure. Did that go in? The biggest mistake we can make is to expect God to tell us what to do before we've got the relationship with God reestablished. For God, my relationship with him is the priority. What I will or will not do for him flows out of my relationship with him. If we're trying to get Rhema breakthrough in our life, tell me how to deal with this stuff, God. He's not going to tell us what to do until we've got who we are with him settled. Elijah replied exactly the same way. The second time as the first time. Did Elijah miss what God was trying to say? I don't think so because I don't think God would have told Elijah what was coming next for him if he had not understood God was bringing a change Elijah's life now you don't have to agree with that that's okay but I think that's what's happening Elijah was still communicating God I feel lonely second time same as first time God I still feel under attack second time same as first time But he must have gotten something because God gave directions in verse 15 to 17. Elijah, here's what you're going to be doing. You're not finished yet. But notice again, people, verse 18. God said, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and all whose mouths have not kissed him. God told Elijah, hey, my friend, you're not alone. There are many other people who will come beside you and walk through this this transition with you, doing the work that God had. I believe in this second exchange, God was speaking hope to Elijah's loneliness and his need for companionship. Elijah never had an issue doing the stuff. Hey, you want me to raise the dead? I'm, I'm down for it. Hey, we got 450 prophets of Baal. No problem. Let's let's just, you know, wipe them out. No big deal. Had a drought for three years. Yeah, the cloud on the horizon. God's coming. Everybody, you know, put on your waders because it's going to rain big time. But he hadn't had God be that intimate and connected with him. Hey, Elijah, I get that you're lonely. This has been a a, a lonely walk. There's 7,000 more people that are just in the same place you are. I got people to walk with you. I said I really liked Elijah because I can relate to him. The ups and downs, the emotion and the passion and the... (laughs) The slowness to grab some of the things. James 5.17. I'm going to end with this one. James 5.17 says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It didn't rain for three and a half years. Did you get the first part of that? That just sings to my spirit. Elijah, one of my heroes, one of the people who did exploits for God, also was so discouraged he wanted to die. He goes, God, I'm lonely. I'm under attack. It's just me here. He deals with the stuff that I deal with and that you deal with. When he was attacked, he experienced the same things that you and I do when we're attacked. When Elijah needed a rhema word from God, he experienced the same thing. God coming to him and saying, I'm going to be with you. We're going to be okay. Out of this relationship, we're still going to do more exploits, and I'm going to increase your impact. In difficult situations, breakthrough comes when we receive rhema from God. God, I thank you for examples like Elijah. And I ask that you would use Elijah's life story to encourage and inspire each person in City River. May we become people who have the focus of hearing your voice and enjoying relationship with you. So that we too can do exploits in your name and bring more of your will from heaven to be demonstrated here on earth. Thank you for loving us, for caring for us, for being proud of us while you are bringing us into a place of greater maturity. Love you, Papa. Aaron. As you do so well, lead us again to worship Jesus.